This is Sideline Stories. Hear from your favorite Whitecaps FC players and personalities like you've never heard them before. Here's your host, Perry Solkowski. He is the longest serving member of the Vancouver Whitecaps. It was Russell Tybert who scored the first ever goal in a Whitecaps FC uniform. It was a preseason contest in Arizona. A then 18 year old was trying to prove he belonged and could be a pro. He started the team's first ever MLS game, his greatest memory to date. He grew up chasing his dad through the streets of Niagara Falls, embracing his father's love of running and fitness, the family way of being active and using your imagination. Tybert had some hockey skills and went head-to-head -head with a future NHL star as they battled for a prestigious hockey title in Ontario. Following his passion, he made a move west to chase a dream, leaving his family at 15. Not always easy. He's done a lot of growing up in Vancouver, a lot of alone time, a lot of learning. Vancouver now is Russell Tybert's home. He's found his style, to say the least. Fashion, fun, and the desire to keep pushing. All Tybert trademarks. When we sat down for this edition of Sideline Stories, it was our first chance to talk in some time. We went back to that first goal, that first game in Arizona, and talked about the player, the kid, who's grown up in a Whitecaps uniform. You know, when we first met each other, was, uh, I don't even know how old you are now. What were you, what were you at that first? You scored the first ever goal for the Vancouver Whitecaps. In the preseason game. In the preseason game in, in Casa, Casa Grande. Casa Grande. <laughs> oh, what were you, 18 or 17? I was 18. Oh. Who was that against, like, all Salt Lake or something? I was against Salt Lake, yeah. I was against Salt Lake. Yeah. And uh, we were there, we were excited. It's almost a decade ago, man. It's, does it seem like a decade ago? <laughs> no. It, well, it, uh, it was a while ago, that's for sure. I remember you, you come over, I'm just going, wow, this guy's just a kid. I know, man. I, when they told me about doing this interview, I was excited because it's been a while since we've had actual conversation. So it's, uh, it's nice to catch up with you. I man. don't want to see. Well, I appreciate that. But I want to find out, Niagara Falls is home? It is home. How often do you go to Niagara Falls? First time you went to Niagara Falls, can you remember? <laughs> no, I wouldn't remember. It was probably on the Maid of the Mist, though. That's, that's one of the... Over, 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 under of times you've been there, ten? Come on, man. I don't see. I don't know. I grew up in Edmonton, West Edmonton. Like enough. You don't. Once at some point you reach the stage where you don't go to the to it. I'm not going to say it's a tourist trap. That's one of the great yeah, wonders of the world. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's beautiful. Um, What's your over under? I wouldn't even put a count on it. I I live very close to the actual falls. You do. So I'm within a bike ride, or within a run, um, within a very short car ride. I'm very close. Explain to me, does it get really touristy, like four or five blocks out of there? Or is there a traffic jam? I don't know how it works. There's the tourist hotspots in Niagara Falls for sure. You have Clifton Hill, you have the casino now, and you obviously have the falls. So knowing the area, you know how to escape it and kind of dodge it. And uh, it, it's, it still never ceases to amaze me. It's a beautiful, beautiful. Best, best time to go, the, the heat of summer? Me? I like the winter. Really? Yes. Why? Freezes over. Does it? Yeah, and, and and sometimes you know they have this like skating rink, that is it kind of overlooks the falls, and uh, I don't get to skate too often anymore. As you know, I used to used to play hockey. Well, and we'll I, get we're gonna yeah we'll have to get into that. I know I, you used to play yeah, hockey. I don't know if other people do. And I do I do miss hockey. I don't find enough time to watch games anymore, um, but I I guess I do kind of support the Canucks now, and that's a tough oh, thing to you? say. Yes. After being a Leafs fan growing up, uh, 
You do not. You don't have to support the Canucks. I do though. I feel like Vancouver's become my home. They've taken me in. I feel like uh, this city has become my home. The club is is my family, and and you know I've really established myself here. So I feel like, a ho- in a sense, a hometown kid supporting my hometown team. No, and that that's good. That's that's Trevor Linden, like a coming at a young age here and and putting down your roots. Uh, we're at Fortius right now, we should say, where you've spent too much time here, but uh, there's some Taekwondo going on here. Yeah. Okay, talk to me. You, you did it all. You, I, mean, I could throw I, anything at you. Hey, I, there's, a, there's a magician on this side of the street. You're going, well, you know, I, have a, yeah, I have a pack of cards in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. uh, you did some Taekwondo or karate or which? Yeah, I actually did Taekwondo uh, when I was younger. My parents put both my sister and I in. Um, and the discipline and focus and the things you learn from just being involved in Taekwondo as a young kid, you know, I still remember those things today. Um, do you know how to count in Korean? Ichi, is that a start? I don't know. That's, that sounds like Japanese. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I throwing at you. So I, being in Taekwondo, I learned how to count to 10 yep. and and further and you know i still kind of remember you're how, I'm old, probably you're gonna, how old how old when you went in probably i'm gonna say eight okay so hana do set net taso yaso ego yo do yo hana yo do yo set yo net yo taso yaso yo ego yo do that's like one it might be a little bit off but it's kind of one two. yeah it's just a little bit of counting so that you're in with yp lee it was actually, <laughs> and he kind of <laughs> laughed at me. He's like, really? "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> yeah, I, I learned how to when we did YP. I learned how to say hello. It was anhaseyo. Was in Korean, and, and that uh, he was, looks at me like it was great. Now, it's funny you say that because the number of stories that I've done through Parish Prospects, any time I did anything, be it karate or taekwondo, and it was always featuring young kids, I would walk away after that hour, amazed at the discipline and the respect that those kids had. And, and I, I just thought, you know, you'd ask them about homework or anything, and it just seemed, boy, that's what it was all about. And, and they just seemed very patient and so unlike what a normal eight or nine-year-old would be. Did you carry with that philosophy to, to how you went to school and everything? I think, I think that's one of the reasons why my parents put both my sister and I in it. You know, you see all the distractions that kids have today, whether it's an iPad, iPhone, the way I grew up was a little bit different. And I mean that in a sense as didn't have a computer at my house growing up till whew, I don't even didn't have the internet until really? no, until I was have a TV? Had a TV, no video games. Uh it was always being outside, you know, creating some sort of game, trying to, you know, use kind of my parents giving us the leash of, of creating something on your own and and not conforming to what society throws at you kind of thing. You know, what did uh, what do your mom and dad do? My dad's a firefighter. And, dad's a firefighter. Uh, my mom's a secretary. Now you had told me once your dad was was a health I don't want to say health nut, but he was really always healthy. Yeah, my parents, both my parents are. Uh, my dad is super super fit though, even to this day. I think he's you know he's still playing soccer and he's what. 
I don't want to say his age, but he doesn't look his age. He still looks about 40 years so old. So there weren't a lot of Tiber trips through uh, Dairy Queen or, or ice creams, you know? No, believe me, we had those times, and I think, you know, you, you remember those times. Well, yeah, I mean, that happens to me you three know, times a week. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like to you, you might be getting it once a year. Honestly, I can't remember the last time I've been to McDonald's, even now, or Dairy Queen. Um, but You've yeah. all, Have you always eaten healthy? I mean, were you always conscious about it? Because you are a it's guy that's... not even that I was conscious. It just becomes a lifestyle, and it was a lifestyle You knew, no, you knew no different. No. Um, yeah, and, that, and, you know, that's, that's all because of my parents. Um, but, yeah, what were we talking about? We were talking about Taekwondo, and then we got... Well, no, but, no, you, talked about your, you were talking about your family, honey. You grew up with no computer. Right, or right, anything. right. What's your sister do now? How old is she? My sister is a, a free spirit. She actually used to teach on a First Nations Reserve... And uh, she's now teaching. She moved out to BC, and she's teaching at a school in West Van. Oh, she's here. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. She's a little younger than you, or a little older than you. She's a little bit older than me. Actually, something cool about her that I will mention um, is that she just went to Standing Rock in North Dakota. Yeah. Uh, you hear a little bit about the protests that were going on there with the pipeline and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. She felt emotionally connected to it, and I still. She just got back yesterday, so I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing some of the stories. You, uh, it sounds like your family is a tight knit family. Sometimes families can fracture and all yeah. that. Uh, it sounds like the Tybert or Tbert clan, however they want to say it. You guys, as a as a foursome, are, are pretty tight. Yeah, as a yeah as a foursome, we're we're very tight. You know, I'll sometimes I'll FaceTime my parents, and they'll be FaceTiming with my sister. And it used to be that my sister was out um, on the outskirts of Ontario, so we would all be FaceTiming together. I'd see my sister through FaceTime, but now that she's out here, uh, it's nice because my parents can FaceTime us both at the same time. You know, we'll be at my house or or her house. And my parents do come out and visit every now and then, and and they love Vancouver. They love the city, Uh, all the natural beauty and, you know, being able to be up in the mountains and then... (laughs) be in the water just five well, minutes Well, they're outdoorsy apart. people. But was Niagara Falls conducive to that kind of a lifestyle too? Uh, Niagara Falls, talk about tight-knit. Niagara Falls is very tight-knit. Really? You, you In a positive way? Because sometimes that could be, oh, it, man, it, you get both, out your door. In both. both. I think it, it's all your interpretation of it and your perspective. Uh, you, can, you can't go to the grocery store without seeing someone that you know and, and saying, hi, how are you doing? You know, how's, how's your cousin how's your you know, yeah you know, everybody so you know everybody but how big a town oh it's i mean it's a i think the last time i was there it was 67,000 might have grown since then but and every i'm not gonna say everybody but i think what you find about tourist towns is they realize that that's a big part of it so you probably uh, are more welcoming i always felt that my first time to new york looking around so i was like where do you want to go you know, you, that's part of it. Was that kind of part of the fabric of Niagara Falls too? That you're probably inundated with so many tourists. You're going to have everyone's helpful and yeah. I, and again, there's the tourist hotspots, and it's all confined to certain areas. So you don't really, you barely make it down there and, and, and get involved in that kind of thing. But the thing about Niagara Falls is, like I said, everybody knows everybody, and everybody's willing to help each other out, which is really nice. And I talk about, you know, my sister, my mom, my dad being very close, but that's that's just the start of it grew up in a very close Italian family with my mom's side um, and and dinners every Sunday 
you know, my Nana cooking. And that's one of the things I miss most about going home is getting that home-cooked food, just being in the presence of everybody in the family, watching how the family's grown and developed. And, you know, and I talk about my dad's side, the German side, and, and again, the food, you know, those are the So there are a lot of, you, your mom and dad both from that area? My mom and dad both went to the same high school. Oh, really? Yeah. In Niagara Falls? In Niagara Falls. Oh, you're one of those families that never left. The roots are there for a long time. And, uh, yeah, I mean. So high school sweethearts, or they didn't know each other in high school? <laughs> they knew of each other. And it's funny because the story of, of how they met or their first date is completely different. Oh, okay. So it's one of those where my mom said my dad asked for her number and then didn't call her, and then she didn't want to go on. But my dad's like, she wanted to go out with me kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it's really kind of cool. Yeah, they carry it on. Yeah. They carry it on the whole way. You're taking Taekwondo. You're playing hockey. You're playing soccer. Anything else you're doing as a 10-year-old or a 9-year-old there? I did absolutely everything. I played sports. Probably shouldn't have, like basketball. Don't know why I did that well, one didn't work average, out. You're average size <laughs> grade 9, aren't you? Average size 9-year-old. Yeah, you know, when you go do those kids camps with the white caps i'm like the same height as those kids oh, yeah i know you are <laughs> oh man but that's, that's okay it's, it, it brings you there but and and you were a good athlete i i was all right i i really like cross country that's one that uh, rarely gets mentioned but i think that's a big part of my fitness and why i play the way i play um i always remember you know basically running around the entire city with my dad just as a kid, you know, we, it wasn't like, like you say, let's go to Dairy Queen. I was like, yeah. hey, buddy, let's go for a run. Yeah. And we would run. And <laughs> run. And then we, after that, we'd go play tennis. And after that, we'd play ball hockey. And, I, you know, I probably made my dad fit, too, because I was always well, yeah, to play. Well, yeah, but listen, know? I think, li you know, my daughter's now 19. But the days when I go for runs with her, I'm going, that's great. Yeah. You know, let's go for, you know, there's a bond there, right? Absolutely. You know, you push each other. And, and I can imagine as a young guy, your dad's hoofing it and you're just going, well, I'm going to keep up with him. Well, that's the thing. Uh, you know, from a young age, I just, I always said, I want to be better than my dad. And he always say, you're better than me. You're better than me. I was like, then why are you beating me? <laughs> so that was my goal was just beat him at whatever we were doing. And I think that's what kicked me on. Okay. When did that happen? Well, I knew when I started winning. And you, was, how old were you when you know what you could get around a little faster than he could? Uh, it's not that I, yeah, uh, probably 13, 13, 13, 13, 14 is when I knew I was like, okay, I'm catching him, I'm catching him. Maybe I got him. But uh, there'll be games that still I can't beat him at. One of those is pool. Really? Okay. Pool's a game, though, you know, where, where you need to have that, uh, you need the experience, you need the repetition. You're, if you were good at pool at your age, you would have had a misspent youth by spending too much time with the pool cue in your hand, right? You know, yeah. you don't want to hear those stories. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you have to spend a lot of time. And, and if you're not spending a lot of time, then it has to, you have to gather it through the years. Um, when do you decide? You're, you're a good hockey player. Mm -hmm. uh, you played up to how old? What, what division? 14. 14? I can't, I don't even remember what it's called or what division Phantom it's called. Phantom or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Now, you told me this story once. You, were, you guys were in the Provincials, yep. and it was your team up against Tyler Sagan's team? That's right. Uh, did you play him at all during league play? We, there's actual, I got to get you this video. There's, we're in the OMHA finals, and uh, it, it's so cool because my coach before the game said, 
you need to follow this kid wherever he goes. And we all knew his name. He had the flashy silver gloves. There's And he was the best player I had ever seen and have ever played against. There was something about this kid from a, from a young age. His team would drop the puck behind their net, and he would skate around the boards, pick the puck up behind the net, and go end-to-end -end all the time. So my job was to follow this guy and – I remember I never took any penalties as a kid. I always tried to play fair, just a good Canadian kid. Yeah. And my one penalty that season was on him. It was a hooking penalty. And I remember going to the box thinking, this kid is good. He was so good. And after the game, I will never forget this. This is, this is a crucial part. Because I hear stories about him every now and then about his character and whatnot into question. As a young kid after the game, I'm standing there with my parents and uh, he comes over and he goes, good game, and shakes my hand. So he knew who you were and you must've gave him- Probably didn't know who I was. Well, he would, you know, you could recognize the face probably going, oh, you're the guy who's chased me all game. Maybe. Did you get the better of him in that game? Don't tell me you scored no. seven goals. And no, got... they, they, they dominated us. I think I scored that game. We went up one nothing and then uh, they came back and I think they, it, was, it may have been four one or something. But uh, after the game, we're, we're young kids. And he comes over and shakes, shakes my hand and says, good game. That's, that's a proper professional. Well, it's good, you know what, that is, it's good parenting. Yeah. Right? That's good parenting to say, hey, you know what, good on you. Obviously, you're better than most of us. Yeah. You know, he's got on. And you're right, he had this question in, in Boston, but he's become one of the better hockey players in Canada at, at that level. Um, was it tough for you to stop? Because I'd imagine it came through the old, like a lot of athletes, you have to make a choice. It was tough because uh, my uncle was was one of the coaches at the time, assistant coach, and like I said, Niagara Falls being so tight-knit. These guys I went to school with, I played hockey with, I played soccer with. We all are on the same teams, and you know, I was a captain of the team, I was assistant on the team, and it was like this young brotherhood of, of players always trying to make each other better and always trying to achieve something more because we came from this small town. We're playing against, you know, the Oakville's, the Burlington's, the Toronto's, the GTA teams, and, and we're just a small town Niagara Falls team, but we had something about our locker room and, and just this bond between the boys. And I'll go back to Niagara Falls once a year now, and when you see these guys still, they're like, hey, Rusty, like, you know, so proud of you. So, and you can feel the genuine pride in the, in their voice. Be like, "Yep, we played it. We did this together." And I'm happy that you went on to to do what you decided to do, and you succeeded. But my uncle will still say you would have been a better hockey player. But really, yeah, I I, I do miss hockey. I do it. I do miss it. Well, yeah. Well, listen. I mean, you look in the mirror. You're not the biggest guy. Would you be? Would you be put put on the muscle? Did you play at a higher level? Well, probably I, if you're well, good enough, certainly college, right? Would you have gone that route? Most definitely college. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know how far I could have taken it, and I never even want to. Yeah, you can't let that go. I, Look yeah, I don't even want to want to bring that up though, because you see how much work that these guys and and how many kids don't make it yeah. into the NHL, and their dreams are crushed. And the guys that do, you know. Well, it's, it's yeah. I I think every Canadian household. Hockey seems to be the way they look. Yeah. But, you know, at the same point, you know, worldwide, how many kids want to play professional soccer? 
and don't make it, right? Yeah. I mean, just to be a professional athlete, to have that label, to know a paycheck comes for how long, be it three or four years or, or 10 years, I mean, listen, you're talking about a fine percentage of people. There's not a lot of people who can do that. Well, one of the guys you might know, you know a guy named Ryan Ellis? Yeah, little Ryan Ellis, defenseman, was in Nashville, yeah. No we played not. soccer together. Oh, did you really? Yeah, South Fleet in Ontario. Well, uh, Patrice Bernier. Yeah. Uh, grew up playing with Roberto Luongo. No way. Yeah. Yeah, so like there's these little stuff, and there's, that's just one of the guys that... Uh, well, I, th I think the problem is sometimes that hockey gets the best athletes because they think it's more attainable. You think about your road, there's not a lot of people have done that yet. No, I, and man, a lot, the amount of good athletes in the Niagara region that never get out of the Niagara Who's the region. best? Who's, who's the biggest name when you talk about Niagara Falls? Like in the last 40 years ago, here's the best athlete ever come from Niagara Falls. Oh man, that's a tough one. There's no big kind of legend name that went on to play, I would automatically just think in the NHL. I don't, I don't know the area well enough. You know, I, I don't think I could pinpoint one. Are there some NHLers from that area? Yeah, you know Taylor Beck? Nashville Predators, I don't know where he's playing right now. Uh, Justin Shug played, I think he's, he might he might not be in the NHL right now, but Ethan Morrow, I know he always, he's always oh, down. Ethan Morrow, former Edmonton Oilers, yeah. I um, don't know who would be the most. Guys made it, but maybe no one made it to. Handful. Only a handful of guys, man, and and that's that's a scary thing is is the amount of good athletes. Well, but that can be said here of, uh, you know, a lot of cities. We're we're doing this interview here at Fortius, you know, Joe Sackick way. Yeah. But you know, there's just not a lot. Yeah. You know, there are some in this city that just took it to the highest level yeah. possible. But you know, you got to respect the guys that can do that, man. Well, and they can play, right? You know, the Sedins would have. I've had conversations with them, thinking, you know, they were a top junior soccer player in Sweden. Mm -hmm. That if hockey wasn't there, they probably could have pursued it and played. You know, so I think at some point when you're getting to an elite athlete, there's a, there's a, there's a commonality mm -hmm. probably between them with the drive and the, and the repetitive and the and the work ethic, uh, that gets them there. I got to get back to you on that name from Niagara Falls. There's got to be one. Yeah, there's got to be one. Yeah, um, there, there probably is one. Um, when did you become such a fashionista? When you were going <laughs> to these uh, games at 14 and 15 where you, you're dressing? What's the deal with that? No, I, man, I probably wore sweats. Probably didn't even start wearing jeans till I was 14 years old. It was just all. So how does this all happen? I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> you know what? Um, so you're not the best dressed guy at 16? No. By any means, but I think moving out to BC, I was 15 years old, um, and and going to a new high school, developing new friendships, relationships, um, and being pulled away from this tight knit community in Niagara Falls, I think that made me learn so much about myself. Uh, you moved out here. How clear is the day when you move and say goodbye to your mom and dad and your sister? It's, it's two days, three days before I have to make the move. Crazy story. I wasn't supposed to come out here at first. So I came out to Vancouver. I was at TFC and I came out to Vancouver and I had a lot of great times at TFC. But uh, I came out to Vancouver and I was on this trial for about a week and you know I, I met a guy by the name of Thomas Neendorf he was running the residency program 
So I did the week trial and uh, went back home, flew back to Niagara Falls thinking, you know, this could be great for me. You know, there's no, I can't, I know I can't stay in Niagara Falls if I want to be a professional athlete. I, I know I need to move, but I don't know where. And there's not very many options. TFC was the only option, but mind you, I was traveling six, seven days a week there and back, trying to do, doing my homework in the car and, you know, trying to graduate. So needed to make a move. Vancouver gets back to me through the residency program and says, you know, we appreciate you coming out. Um, just doesn't seem like this isn't the right fit for you right now. Really? Really. And uh, so I'm thinking, wow, I'm going, I'm going back to St. Paul High School again for another year. And did you feel you were okay when you were here on trial? Yeah, I felt great. Okay, so you, so you thought you played well and you fit in. Yeah, and I, I was like, this this could really be great for me, and I'm excited about it. So I got the call, and it's like, really? Like, is that actually happening? But it wasn't the first time I'd been cut or or, or yeah. excluded from something. And you know, you move on, you work harder. And a week after that, I get a phone call saying we made a mistake. I'm thinking, come on. <laughs> oh, really? They mixed up two of the players, and uh, was one of the guys I came on trial with, and they go, "We're really, really sorry, you know." Like, so what they do? You, invite <laughs> this other guy, and he showed up, and they well, go, "Oh my god, like, that's not the guy was, we wanted." This was like oh, four or five days before the school year was about to start. Oh. So, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time too, and she thinks I'm staying now to yeah. go to high school with her again, and I got to tell her, "Look, yeah, I'm actually going out there again," and I'm telling you, that was. You know, I think that phone call and uh, everything that happened after that is history. Spending, you know, going through three, four billy houses within the first month, um, not not thinking I could do it, playing with guys that were three, four years older, thinking I'll never be able to be as good as these guys. The residency program was incredible. Mm -hmm. um, we had some fantastic players. And, you know, going home, spending, I actually moved out here with a guy named Kevin Colby, and we were always kind of pushing each other. and. Our beds were side by side, and we'd, we at nighttime we would just talk about, you know, we, you know, we got to do this. This is hard, but we got to do this. This is this is where we need to be. And um, there was so many times I doubted myself of of not being it, whether not knowing if I was going to make it or not. But uh, you know, this this program, Steve Meadley, you know, he saved me from these billet houses. I, I didn't think. I remember phoning my parents thinking, I'm not finding a house. I, I need to come home. And Steve Meadley comes and he says. Come with me. You can stay at my house for the weekend, and the weekend turned into two years. Oh, really? Yeah. They stayed to sleep for two years. Yeah, close to two years, and he took me in as part of his family. You know, I remember watching his um, granddaughter, just watching her grow, and I think she's like six years old now. His daughter, um, just really being taken into to the family, and and that was something special. And you know, his wife cooking for us all the time, and I, I eat a lot so I you know I always felt bad how the amount of food I was eating but you know they when they, you see 15 year olds in the residency program is it easy for you to go back oh yep I was there man you know what they got an exciting path ahead of them and you know the amount of work and just being around each other all the time pushing each other on competing with each other fighting fighting to be a professional athlete that that mountain that you have to climb, believe me, it doesn't get uh, doesn't get any easier once you become a professional. But that is one of the most challenging and most exciting times of your life. And if you can get through that, you can take that 
that mindset into anything else, whether it's a different job, it doesn't have to be professional sports. You can, the things you learn from trying to become professional, you can take outside. I would imagine, because you'll see it from all sides, but knowing when you guys have the whole setup mm -hmm. where everyone can be under one roof, you know, and, and everyone's, you know, with the training center and all that will only make that much easier because, you know, so you can see and, and be around eventually, you know, the, the guys who are making it. We've come a long way with this club. And I mean that in a sense as the USL days, I've only played one game in the USL, but we used to train up at SFU and our locker room was inside San Francisco University. It was inside the wrestling, the SFU wrestling team's locker room. And we shared a locker room, uh, maybe 10 by 10 locker room. And we all piled in there. And then we moved to, to Empire and we had a trailer as a locker room. Mm -hmm. It's great games at Empire though. I loved Empire. Yeah, Empire I loved was a great Swangard. place to watch it. Yeah, I loved Swangard. I remember being a kid in the stands thinking, I wish I can play with the White Caps first team. You know, what, playing in front of 5,000 people, I thought was going to be the, the biggest thing, the noise. And then fast forward a year and a half later, I'm playing my first game against Toronto FC at Empire Stadium. And people are throwing ponchos on the field. And to that day, to this day, that game will be one of, one of my favorite memories. Yeah, no, it was great. We, we got sidetracked. I'm not going to keep you here that much longer. But we got sidetracked from when did you become this fashion guru? Oh, right. When I, when I moved out here, just learning a lot about myself and, and not being someone from Niagara Falls that people want me to be. I'm out here on my own. I'm going to be who I want to be. Mm -hmm. And that, that stemmed from dressing how I want to dress, doing my hair the way I want to do the way my hair. Um, You've come a long way from the hair. Yeah. You've had, what, probably 10 different hairdos, maybe yeah, more. Yeah, too many. Some of them regrettable, but... I, you know, I, you, you came out, I've known you for so long, you came out to my daughter's practice once, and I remember I hit you with, we're coaching a 16-year-old girl, 17, and, I, and he took me seriously, like, I just want to tell him what you do with your hair before the game. And then he started talking about little Moroccan oil. <laughs> I go, Ross, I wasn't really serious, but hey, I know the tip. If you want to know, I can tell you. Well, yeah, I, I know. And you're unabashed. You are the leader in the locker. More time in the mirror, knows how to set it all up. Yeah, but I don't have that, that man bun anymore, so no more Moroccan oil. That's uh, that's just that's just a growth movement that you're going okay. I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna wear my hair normal. Yeah, I gotta think of something new though. You know, when you go back now, because I don't think you have just a plain look anymore. You're always dressed pretty good. Uh, do you turn heads in an Niagara Falls? Wow, look at the big city boy. <laughs> look at that T-bird, T-bird. You know fun. what? It's to be honest with you, man. When I go back home. I put the big winter jacket on, I put my sweats back on, and I become a Niagara Falls boy Oh, again. do you really? Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I do miss Niagara Falls and, and just the, simp the simplistic beauty of, of being in a city where you know everybody, and that's something special, and I don't think that'll ever change. Thanks, buddy. Good to talk to you. Appreciate it, man. It was nice talking to you. That's Sideline Stories, your inside scoop with your Vancouver Whitecap players.